2: The Sports Bar with Danger and Bitteglia.
3: The Devon Miller situation. Mike Danger. The Bills traveling to Arrowhead to take on the Chiefs. It's a big one. Chiefs week. You gotta get it. This is one you have to have. Gene Battaglia. It's the attitude.
2: It's the attitude adjustment. I want to see go into Arrowhead and knock some heads around. And I think some term it's good off the bottom. You know, we gotta win these five.
4: I'm convinced that this game is gonna be a global sport. I think you're gonna see a very global enemy.
5: So, Red Wings are going to win this game. Final score is 5 to 3. I would prefer that we gain the
4: line with entry. Absolutely incredible in season tournament that's going on in the association.
1: Baseball's hot stove is getting warm. That Juan Soto trade again. It appears likely that he'll be a Yankee. Wow. The Red Sox and Yankees made a trade
2: yesterday. Headlined by off theater Alex Verdugo heading to the Bronx.
3: It's showtime!
2: That's private. Everybody found a new reason to blame Dave Roberts for something. 95.7 FM and AM 950, The Fan, Rochester. Chiefs
3: Week, and we'll talk Bills Chiefs with Dan Fates, BuffaloPlus.com, 13 Wham Sports. He joins us here in about... 20 minutes or so. Danger and Bataglia. Glad you're with us in the sports bar. Listening along at 95.7 FM, AM 950. We're on your smart device when you ask it to play 95.7 The Fan. And our video stream is up for you to like and subscribe, follow along. We're building our little online community on YouTube and Twitch as well. At The Fan Rochester. Quickly, Gene, I I, I don't like doing this, but I lost my temper on Twitter last night over the Buffalo Sabres. I mean, just, (laughs) guys, just wake the F.
2: Up, yeah, I saw you, but but you you said the actual word on Twitter. I did, did yeah.
3: I did, and and I kind of now I'm like I'm a little ashamed, but I'm I'm that angry about another performance that fi- finds them in this hole. And you know what? Congratulations, you guys made it a game, and
2: you fought. back. don't get into that situation in the first place, and you might actually win some of these games. We are in a business where every second counts, and just my kind of feel here, people are just – where people get upset about the Bills when the Bills screw up, and they get really upset. They do. We know it. Like 12 men on the field or 13 seconds or everything that went wrong in Philadelphia. You get upset about the Buffalo Bills. I, I think it's turned to apathy for the other team in Buffalo. And that's a big, big problem. And that's where we were at during the pandemic and during, you know, the tank and everything else that this now all of a sudden is turning into the season of hope. And this is finally going to end this 12-year drought to, all right, you're the aberration here, Danger. And people like Brayton Wilson and pe- real hockey people, but everybody else is like, Yeah, no, show me something. Don't care. Don't care. It's football season. I don't care.
3: Yeah, I hate that um, because it it was a season that started with a lot of hope and optimism and the idea that you had this young core. And I'm trying to think of what it could be, right? Because when we talked to Paul Hamilton last week, he's like, look, they're just not – the guys just aren't doing what the coach is asking them to do. And now I think to myself, well, if you made a – did you make a
2: mistake in paying all these guys – Early. Ah, they're too young. They're the youngest team in the league. That's the answer. Did here. you make a
3: mistake by saying here Dylan Cousins have this contract here, Tage Thompson have this con- here Samuelson here? Like they locked up their guys before they want anything. Before you want anything, and I, I, I guess there's something to be said for building that trust. That that you know, hey, you want to be here. We want you here, and this is a mutual agreement but the performance hasn't lived up to the terms of the deals for any of those guys that i just mentioned i mean jeff skinner is playing with his head on fire most of the time and aside from that i have a hard time looking at this team being like oh yeah there's a bright spot i, I really i really struggle the one guy that's going to be a restricted free agent at the end of the year leads the team in goals and that's middlestat you paid everybody else and uh, so there's a lot. There's a lot to unpack with that team. And oh, well, I'm it, sorry. It, can man, I, bring I lost li- my
2: temper. You can bring it a little closer to home because this is the disappointing thing. Like, at least this was an attraction. And maybe this still works out. But Devin Levi is going to be in Boston on Thursday. What are the odds that Devin Levi is in Boston backing up uh, a hut? Or maybe he even plays. I said Hutton. My goodness. What year are we they yeah. there? Comrie. They're all the same to me. <laughs> I wanted to see Devin Levi in Rochester Friday, yeah. and really, are we going to see that? I'm I'm doubting that now. Amherst, Charlotte, Friday, and uh, the Sabers listen anyways tomorrow. Night. Mm. If I may, danger. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is this idea that is growing. Maybe "idea" is the wrong word here. Actually, let me phrase this. This fear is growing. This fear that Shohei Otani may re-sign with the Angels now. None of this may be true, but if you're his agents, of course you want to humor the Angels owner, Artie Marino, and you want every little bit of leverage here. And I, I hope someone in the Otani camp is getting to the slugger, telling him, don't even think about this. Do not even consider this. The Angels are a losing organization. They have been, and they'll continue to be with this owner, and not one player, not even you, can fix that. And that is really bad for your brand if you attach yourself to a loser. Normally, when a player resigns with a team, I think people are okay with it. Like, hey, that's your guy. We get it. In this instance, people are going to be angry, like really, really mad. Baseball people are going to be pissed. What a terrible thing it would be for the game. Think about that. Like what you said there that's
3: sticking with me is that when a um – that not one player can fix a a losing organization. I mean, so much so that a a guy like Mike Trout, who's you could argue before show, he's like, he's the best player in the game. Hands down, best player in the game. Right. You got guys like me saying, yeah, he's not a winner, though. Can't win. He's not winning anything. Took the easy way out. He took the money. took the org- – he's, he's w- with a losing organization. Well, he's out of, the, out of the spotlight, out of the shadow. He's not a I winner. I
2: would point to him, like, what matters to you, dude? And maybe your wife – I don't even know if he's married. Maybe it's a family thing. You like it out there. If that's not the case, why aren't you asking for a trade? There are many teams that would trade for Mike Trout. He's on the back end of the contract now anyways. Yeah. Could you imagine him back in Philadelphia? I imagine he likes it out there. Well, I, it's hard not to like it out there right Right. <laughs> yeah you're not getting the hard hitting media every day is 75 and sunny yeah. expectations low right. what's that to like it's
3: always like a thing where where i you know we've we've done this long enough and we've worked with people in our industry that that kind of come and go and you get interns you get young young kids out of school and they they work with you a little bit and they get a taste they go to LA or California and every time it's happened Every time I, it's like, oh, you're going out there to visit. You're going out there for a week. You're going out there for a few days. Like, nope, they're gone. They're gone. Well, well, that will be that. Nice uh, knowing you, and have have fun out there in California because they love it, especially if you're from here or if you're Mike Trout and you're from Philadelphia or the Pennsylvania area. You go out to Southern California. Hard not to like it, but hasn't done anything for his resume in terms of his ability to win championships. Hasn't won anything. I don't know that I. I don't know how I would feel about Shohei re-signing with Anaheim. Baseball writer wouldn't like it? Baseball writer wants oh, Shohei with with a a more traditional franchise. I mean should, should, is 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 I mean if if you're a baseball writer Shohei can really only go to the Yankees, right? Like that's the only team worthy of of his <laughs> get Oh, hey, oh, baseball writer. I know worry. I was talking about Shohei. You can pull up your pants though. It's come on, this is a family show.
2: Why every time I come on this show, the double entendre and the digs, I'm not going to come on this show anymore. Oh, okay. I'm I'm only going to go over and be uh, on WXXI <laughs> where I can be respected. Can we, well, th- yes, they'll
3: allow you to walk into their studios wearing your baseball costume.
2: As I said earlier in my column, Shohei as a Yankee, and you're you you are you you are stealing my uh, thought, ah. Danger, as you would call it, a take uh-huh. that 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 Shohei. We can compare Babe Ruth mm-hmm. to Shohei Otani. It would also be wonderful. If Shohei ended up as a Red Sox, huge oh. therefore the Red Sox who lost out on Babe Ruth and his greatness by trading him away.
3: Wait, hear me out for a second. Seattle,
2: no. <laughs> well, what, why? What, what, why? That's not an original team. Oh, I'm sorry. They've never been to the World Series, Mike. It needs to be one of the original front. Uh. I would. Let me humor you. I would have loved to see him as a Chicago Cub. No, sure, that would be wonderful. Also, sure. I, I'm very, I'm very disappointed of them putting Jim Leyland in. Only Hall of Fame writers writers should be in charge of the Hall of Fame, not any committee or anything. That should be that's my job. Ah, uh,
3: yes, writer. yes. All right, all right. Back to Mount Pius with you, baseball writer. Please read my uh,
2: upcoming article <laughs> in the Business Journal.
3: Very good. Baseball writer came in today wearing his baseball uniform, his little costume. There, here's a take: if you uh, go to fantasy camp for your favorite sport, you're nothing more than a cosplayer. You might as well go to San Diego Comic Con.
2: Okay. Now, like, I would go in, like two weeks in the in the sunshine in Florida fantasy your camp, baseball
3: costume every day,
2: just shagging fly balls. Yeah. yeah. And- playing baseball every day uh-huh what's wrong with that i'm just saying
3: you might as well go to san diego comic-con dressed up as deadpool it's the same thing
2: i knew a guy peter montemurino used to do fisher football with me and i think he was in his 30s at the time he went there he was the youngest guy by like 40 years <laughs> like, what, baseball, you know, like, fantasy yeah, baseball fantasy camp baseball fantasy camp mets fantasy camp oh boy how come we don't have a red wing fantasy camp can we get that Let's going? go mace yeah uh, tomorrow night, Week Fourteen starts in
3: the NFL with a Mitch Trubisky, Bailey Zappi matchup. I am sure Amazon is thrilled that they invested oh, in this product. Well,
2: oh, they're gonna—you mean there is not going to be this press release on Friday saying record numbers?
3: Yeah. Uh, both the Steelers and the Pats are in, in quarterback purgatory right now. They've got Bus as their starters. No immediate answers. Here is the scariest part of life right now in the AFC. Mahomes, Allen, Lamar, Herbert, Burrow, Lawrence, Tua, even C.J. Stroud. You have eight franchise quarterbacks I just rattled off there who all look really good. How many teams make the postseason? Seven. So the inevitability is each season in the AFC, a very good quarterback won't be In the playoffs. And I didn't even mention Russell Wilson. I didn't even mention Aaron Rodgers next season. This is before the potential of Will Levis, before the potential of Anthony Richardson is even explored. For the next several years in the AFC, we can continue to expect someone good not being on the field for the postseason.
2: Yeah, but those guys you rattled off, I think someone not good... The availability, that's what this comes down to. And if you lose your quarterback, I'm sorry, Cincinnati, and yes, that was fun Monday night, but of those teams you just rattled off, Joe Burrow, is, he's out. And last year, of those quarterbacks you rattled off, Tua was out. So, then, and also um, Lamar. Lamar was out, too. They, they made it into their credit. There will come a year where we're having this conversation in Western New York. What would the Buffalo Bills look like this? You want to have like an MVP conversation? Like, people are dumping on Josh Allen. The Bills would be, not only would be top 10, they might be top five without Josh Allen if they they didn't have him at quarterback this year. Oh,
3: yeah, no question. I'm
2: talking about draft position top No five. question, yeah. yes.
3: No, there's no question about it. So just um, as bad as it might be, and it is bad. This season has not gone the way I think a lot of Bills fans thought it was going to go. At least rest easy knowing you have... A franchise quarterback you don't have one in new england you don't have one in pittsburgh you don't have one if you're the jets i mean you do it's aaron Rodgers. but then come on like what are we talking about another year if you're lucky so this this idea of uh the the playoffs and seven teams making the postseason inevitably a very good quarterback is going to be watching it from his couch every fall,
2: uh, every uh, winter. Yeah. And unfortunately for Bengal fans, that's uh, your guys on the couch right now, Tom and Rochester joining us. Uh, our phone number eight, six, six, four, fan eight, six, six, four, three, two, six. What's Tom? up Tom?
4: Hey guys. Love the show as always. So, you know, I was thinking about this and it's, it's stating the obvious, but every, every once in a while, you got to remind yourself that while you, have a top-tier quarterback in Allen, and we can put him anywhere you want. He's still a, a coveted player that other teams would want, right, given their situation. It just goes to show you now, with so much money tied up into him and Mahomes and Burrow, how important it is for the front office to absolutely maximize the draft at every single pick. No question. And that is the thing that has drived, driven me crazy about the Bills pick. I mean, obviously we can talk about Elam, and there's been some good picks, obviously some good picks, but you can't whiff on a first, second, or third rounder anymore with that much money tied up into a quarterback. Can't. Can't do it. I mean, I know. I know that's the good part of having a franchise quarterback, right? someone who can lead your team but the money is tremendous in these individuals and it goes to show you how spot on the front office needs to be with every single pick and transaction
3: talk about the bills opponent this weekend the kansas city chiefs who won the super bowl last year and they had all those rookies starting on the defensive side of the ball rookies guys that they drafted guys that they developed guys that they knew you're going to play and you're going to play well we need you to because we can't afford to go out there in free agency and buy uh, a competent roster you're going to have to learn and learn quick and they did and it's it's the scary part for the bills for me when we talk about windows closing is the window is closed the window that you were hoping to cash in on was quarterback on his rookie deal the, the moment you paid Josh Allen that window closed you had one year left you know on his rookie deal where you could still make moves and maneuver but once that rookie deal is up and you start giving him the the new contract money forget it and and Kansas City is going through that with Mahomes and every one of these teams is going to go through it Burrow's going to go through it they're going to go through it in Cincinnati they're going to go through it with the Chargers the the Ravens are going to have to deal so Tom's point is is spot on. Absolutely. You can't afford to whiff, especially in the early rounds. You need to maximize that talent. And it is a little bit comforting to know that that you can get a starting quality caliber guy in like a Christian Benford in late rounds. But it's also alarming to know that Kyrie Elam can't get a jersey and you moved up to get him in the
2: first. That's it. The moving up. You better be sure because I want more. I want more pulls on here on the lever because honestly, that's really what the NFL draft is. You can say, you can do all your research, you don't really know. And there's also another part to this, too it's the drafting and it's the development, right? Like you, when, when the Bills traded away the rights to Patrick Mahomes of Kansas City, you'd be like, oh my gosh, he could have been a Buffalo Bill. Well, if you brought him in, would you have developed him? the way that Andy Reid did. Probably not, I'm guessing. It was all kind of a timing thing, but that's the development of Kyrie Elam. They they botched that. Think about that, too. Think about the head coach
3: and how... In what his reputation is in terms of developing. Some of the guys have gotten on the field right away. I mean, Trey White obviously got on the field right away. And you didn't really have to worry about developing. But it's taken a while for Ed Oliver to have the season that he's having. It's taken a while for A.J. Epineza to look like, oh, he could actually command a second contract in the NFL. Because up to that point, we didn't really know if they were going to get anything Edmonds, out of
2: the second. Edmonds never kind of... Yeah, no. No, no. Me,
3: Edmonds is, no. you know, for whatever reason, he, he can't get it right. And he isn't getting it right in Chicago either. So th- there's um, there's a lot more scrutiny that needs to be placed on the selections that they make every April. And especially when you're talking about a, a team that's going to have salary cap issues here and some really, really tough decisions. And think about the offensive line. I mean, you got money tied into Ryan Bates, who's a luxury, right? Right now, mm-hmm. Ryan Bates yeah. is a luxury. And you've got Mitch Morse. Like, is Mitch Morris a casualty? We're getting ahead of ourselves yeah. here. But, I mean, do you move on from Morse and just say Ryan Bates is a value and he could be our center next year? I, these, are, these are going to be some real, real tough decisions.
2: Yeah, and when I went on PJ's show today, he just hit me with a straight-up question. Can the Buffalo Bills make the Super Bowl? Here's how I answered it. Step one is making the postseason. I don't know if they make the postseason. Let's be honest. You'd have to win four or five, and that's asking a lot here, considering the opponents and considering how things have gone this year. But if they do get in as a four, as a six, Nobody's as a gonna seven, Right, yeah. right. In in this AFC, like who's really scary this day, this year in the AFC?
3: The only thing that makes me nervous about that scenario, if you're the Buffalo Bills going into the postseason, yes, there are a lot of teams that wouldn't want to play the Buffalo Bills, but I think there are also a lot of play a lot of teams that would look at the Buffalo Bills and say, all we have to do is be physical. We're just more physical than they are. They're soft. They're finesse. We just push them around. I mean, the, the blueprint is there. You saw Cincinnati do it last year in the postseason, and you've seen teams beat up on the Bills just by being more physical. That's that's it. That's always been the case with this team, and and the Bills have it in them. There are moments where, but we, we you know, anytime that they've lost a game, where it's like, oh man. They just got punched in the
2: mouth. I don't think it's the physicality that's going to hold this team back. I think for whatever reason, the details have just been everything. I'm going to put special teams in there, too. Sure. Like, the special teams have been atrocious this year in Buffalo. Uh, We got Dan Fates, 13 Wham, who's making his way back from Buffalo, also Buffalo Plus. Uh, Before I get to that, pop quiz for everyone. Danger, who leads the NFL in scrimmage yards? I know the answer. Okay, for everyone, if you said Christian McCaffrey – Incorrect. Mm. The answer is Tyreek Hill. He's got five games this year of 150 plus yards receiving. That's the most by any receiver in a single season since 2017. That was Antonio Brown. And you know, granted, there's still a month to go here. And did those Steeler teams get over the top? No. And I don't think this Dolphin team is a Super Bowl threat either. Hill, who should get some consideration for uh, the MVP, he's having a great season against a good defense, though, it would know, okay, we're not going to let that guy beat us and let Tua do other things. Uh, One in which it won't let, uh, you know, if he can't get 150 yards, what would happen to that offense?
3: I think that the Dolphins have done an unbelievable job on beating up on inferior opponents. That's it. End of story. Can't blame them for their record, can't hate on their record. You can't apologize for who's on their schedule, but when they've played inferior opposition, they've beat them and beat them soundly. Beat somebody. And then I'll get excited about what the Miami Dolphins could be in the postseason. That doesn't
2: mean Tennessee this way. 13 and a half, their favorite. Oh I'm my gonna. God.
3: Yeah, they should beat Tennessee. Easily. They should beat Tennessee. Easily. When do they play the Ravens? Uh, it's coming up. It's coming up here. Yeah, a few I think weeks. it's like yeah. two weeks. Yeah. L- listen, those are the tests I want to know about. Pass those tests, and then I'll start believing that you're more than just kind of like a fraud.
2: Yeah, it, it's going to be comfy here. They get the Jets on the 17th, Cowboys on Christmas Eve. Oh, 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 pass me the eggnog for that one. And then uh, New Year's Eve against the Ravens and then Buffalo. So those last three games. If they win those last three games, two is your MVP, right? If you could beat Baltimore, Dallas,
3: and Buffalo to to round out the season, and you're the one seed? Because that that would make them the the one seed. seed, Yeah, he's the MVP. Yeah, two is probably your MVP.
2: But I'm not putting money on that. (laughs) I don't think that's happening. No. Uh, Dan
3: Fates, 13 Wham Sports, buffaloplus.com with his practice report from Orchard Park on the way next. On the fan. You're listening to the
0: Sports Bar with Danger and Bataglia. (laughs)
2: Update. A Veterans Day arrest for Von Miller for now thinks status quo as the investigation continuing in Dallas. And Coach Sean McDermott asked the investigation of Miller, will it prevent him from playing on Sunday?
1: I'd start by saying those are separate to, be, to start. Um, and I think that's important that they stay there. Um, but every situation is a little bit different.
2: Bills a a one-and-a-half-point underdog heading to Arrowhead. We'll talk to Dan Fates, 13 Wham, and Buffalo Plus. He joins us next here in the Sports Bar. A trade for the Sabres. Don't get excited here. Eric Johnson coming from Columbus. This for a 2025 seventh-round pick. Johnson splitting time between Columbus and Cleveland. He has one goal in the NHL this season. Sabres heading out to Boston tomorrow night. They've lost four in a row. Gene Bataglia, the sports leader, 95.7 FM and AM 950 the fan Rochester neat or on the rocks it's the sports bar with danger and battaglia on the sports leader 957 FM and AM 950 the fan Rochester yeah I mean
1: coach Spaggs does a really good job uh, I worked with him for a number of years um, kind of came up under under him in terms of uh, the defensive backs there for for some time in Philadelphia and He's a great coach. Uh, he's got a great staff with him, and and um, and they've got great players, you know, that make big time plays. Um, starting with Chris Jones, so he's a, he's a big time difference maker.
3: Bills head coach Sean McDermott on the Chiefs' defense earlier today in Orchard Park. We go to Dan Fates, BuffaloPlus.com, 13 wham Sports. Our guest now in the sports bar to talk a little bit more about. Today's practice, and we'll start with with the sound that we heard earlier, uh, Dan from from Brandon Bean from Sean McDermott, and I think pretty much all of us could have predicted what they were going to say in terms of the Von Miller investigation. It's an investigation; it's ongoing, and we're going to let it all play out. How are you, Dan?
5: Good. Thanks for having me on, guys. Always always happy to be here. Uh, weird day, um, you know, James. You talked about that with kind of what we expected to hear. I thought Bean would wouldn't answer really anything. Um, I think he said more than I expected and maybe even a little bit more than frankly, I was comfortable with to some respects. And again, th- this is such a delicate nuanced situation. Like, like this is above, you know, we, we don't know what happened and things like that, but it was very telling to me when Brandon Bean went above and beyond to say, you know, we're comfortable with where we are, but then would also say we don't have a lot of information and I think he said seven or eight times we're not investigators and just kind of some weird things to go on top of it. I credit Brandon Bean for talking because I think he needed to talk as the general manager of this team, but the whole day kind of had a weird vibe to it.
2: It, it did. And, and there was one other quote there where he talked about putting the best players on the field regarding the name on the back, the number on the jersey. I'm thinking, okay, that might be something because if you just went by the Pepsi challenge here, the blind test here, Von Miller has not looked like Von Miller. You could say Von Miller does not belong on the field. Can you make the argument just from a football standpoint that the Buffalo Bills would be better off playing a Kingsley Jonathan and just making Von Miller, football-wise, inactive?
5: Yeah, absolutely. Um, The sense of, I think most fans would agree that Vaughn has hurt this team, especially lately since he has come back because who he is as Vaughn Miller has earned him big time moment, big time playing time in big moments. And he just hasn't come through. I look back at the Tampa Bay game where he jumped off sides twice and yeah, they held on and survived that Hail Mary, but he wasn't special by any means. It was the same way in Detroit or in, in the uh, Denver game. He hasn't looked great, especially when he's been playing in the biggest moments of games. So I thought maybe this would just take care of things for a, a week. We're going to let him rest and figure out what he's going on with his legal things. But he's going to be at practice. He I saw him uh, with the defensive line afterwards. It was the veteran. Mm.
3: Dan, we're uh, we're cutting in and out a little bit. We're going to power through here, try to make sure that we keep you in a good cell there. We know that you're mobile. So uh, we're going to bear with you here. Um, Von Miller being the only bill, by the way, today, uh, not on the field, getting veterans rest. You buying that this was something that was planned coming out of the buy, or or was there more at play there?
5: No, I hope you guys still got me. Yeah, I'm just heading home from Buffalo. Uh, I I don't know. I, I don't think that that would really make sense. I will say this. Last year, the Bills did have three players on veteran rest coming out of the bye last year. It was Poyer, Mitch Morris, and Jordan Phillips. So don't say that it's not impossible to have veteran rest coming out of a bye, which everybody thinks wouldn't make sense. Um, but I also think this was a little bit of protecting Vaughn, maybe letting some everything calm down for the next 24 hours. I'm not really sure, but... It was a interesting day, to say the least, where Sean McDermott also said, you know, it is a very, very serious allegation, and we take it very seriously, but pretty much just said that, like, Brandon said everything for the team, and we're just going with that.
2: We're talking to Dan Fates, uh, 13 Wham. Uh, any other reaction from the players that uh, that they made available today in regards to Von Miller here, Dan?
5: Uh, Josh Allen, Micah Hyde, and Deion Dawkins also addressed, uh, the media at the podium. That's where I was today. Uh, Josh and Mike have both said the same exact thing. They are supporting their teammate and letting the legal process play out. Take that for what it is. And, and again, I don't know if there is a correct answer or, or a good way to answer that question. Um, I will say that Leonard Floyd was asked several times about it, and he said, I'm not talking about another man's business. And then, you know, as media members, you try and say it a little differently. Anyway, I'm not talking about another man's business. Hmm. Um, it is what it. I, I don't know. I, I can't say it is what it is. This is a very nuanced situation, and this is not what this team needs heading into their biggest game of the season.
3: Do you, you get a sense that that desperation is is, is trickling down now that, that, that you have a, a desperate GM, a desperate head coach? Is there any feel that, that, you know, I know that they've said we need to win these five games is stating the obvious, but do you feel like you could see a, a different or have we been seeing a different Sean McDermott? A Sean McDermott coaching scared the last couple of weeks?
5: I know everybody wants to be upset about the way Sean played or coached in the Philly game. And I don't really understand why. The outrage of fans. I actually, somehow I end up sounding like a Sean McDermott apologist, which is crazy because that's not what I'm trying to do. But the Philly game wasn't one of the worst five games that Sean McDermott has coached this year. They were worse in the Denver game. They were worse in the New England game. They were worse in the Giants game. Like, How about the players on the field make plays? I, I, I am getting a little bit sick and tired of Every team in Western New York needs to fire their coach because the team isn't playing well. How about the players on the ice and on the field actually play better? You know, you have a third and 15 where Jalen Hurts throws up a Hail Mary to a guy that has six catches on the season, and again, you know, Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer, all pro safeties, can't cover them. Tyler Bass a field goal blocked and an extra point or and a field goal blocked and misses a kick. James Cook drops a touchdown. None of those are on Sean McDermott. And so I'm sitting here kind of going, I don't really know what else you want because Jalen Hurts was absolutely confused and the Bills had him dominated in the first half. I obviously know how the, the game ended up and all of those things, but I don't think Sean McDermott necessarily played scared or coached scared in that silly game. But I do have the, under, the sense of inside that locker room that it is, Dan Duncan says, like, there is no more hiding. There's no more sugarcoating it. We got to win out. Like, there, the, the sense of urgency is turned all the way up.
2: Is, uh, is Uncle Dan available for a question here? Absolutely. Okay, Uncle Dan, I'm looking at this matchup, and I'm looking at the line movement, and the fact that it started out two and a half, and now it's Buffalo... Getting one and a half. This is almost like they're saying, "Hey, come on in and bet the Chiefs." Here is this square oh, money? Is this sharp money? Is this uh, is this actually a good sign for Buffalo that this line looks, in my opinion, a little fishy here, Dan?
5: Yeah, I was thinking about that for two ways because I also thought Josh in his career has been really good as a small dog in his career. Add on top of that, I think you're catching the Chiefs at a good time, and again. Remember last week, it was everybody. I can't believe Vegas is giving the Eagles three points. I can't believe that's so disrespectful to Philly. It didn't matter. I love the Niners because Vegas doesn't give away free money. So for everybody that's sitting there, oh my gosh, I only got to lay a point and a half and I get Patrick Mahomes at home. Oh, that sounds amazing. Sharp money's obviously obviously backing the bills. It's not easy to move the line that much between two really good teams. And again, this isn't a movement about Vaughn. Like he has no impact on this line. This is just the people saying, Hey, the bills are coming off a buy. Their offensive looked really good. And the chiefs offense stinks.
3: Is there anything uh, to the chiefs being in a spot where they're coming off that loss to Lambeau and they didn't look good? I mean, it, like when, when I, when we saw them lose on Sunday night, I'm like, Oh, that's not good news for the Buffalo bills.
5: I didn't sense that as much because I didn't, I don't think that there's much that you can change about this Chiefs team. They are who they are, and they're just not good offensively. Like, I've been critical of the Bills wide receiving room over the last two years. The Bills wide receiving room could run circles around these Chiefs wide receivers. At the top of it, Travis Kelsey, for even if Taylor is in the stands, he still is showing some wear and tear, and he hasn't been as dominant. I was talking to a reporter this week, it's, Our conversation's up on the Buffalo Plus YouTube channel, and I said, what's going on with Travis Kelsey? And she goes, he's 32 years old, and you can't run the entire offense over him. So this is a little bit of this. I I think this Chiefs team, it's not like they're having a bad game. They're having a bad offensive season. And for the longest time, I always joked around about the fact that me and Danger and Gene, we could all catch passes from Patrick Mahomes, and they would be great. Turns out you need wide receivers that can catch the ball too.
2: (laughs) Dan, um, you're, you're talking about some of the, you know, you brought up the safeties here. Whenever it's Kansas City and the, or should we just brace that whatever happens here in this game, just be ready for a lot of Travis Kelsey in a late afternoon game going against the zone defense?
5: Yeah, probably. Like, and it's funny, for as bad as I think the Chiefs are offensively, defensively, they're really good. And I still, when I close my eyes, and I think about January, I still think about Patrick Mahomes playing in a playoff game at Arrowhead. Like, it's just what what I imagine. So, I'm not saying that the Chiefs team can't flip the switch at some point. I just don't think they're on the same page. And for, look, this was also a team, you know, danger, you talked about the Chiefs coming off a bye. The Chiefs lost coming, or off a loss. The Chiefs lost coming out of a bye. Like, that never happened Mm. under Andy Reid. So, like, this isn't the same Chiefs team. They are much more dependent on their defense. Um, the reporter in Kansas City told me that there's a lot of times Mahomes is going, going over to, to Chris Jones saying, like, I need you guys. Like, like you guys got to make the play. Like, when has that happened in the last five years in Kansas City? So I, I think the Bills are really honestly in a good spot. I thought after the they play played in Philly, the way it ended, the kid doesn't hit a 59-yarder. We look at this game totally different. Keep your cap. The kid made a 59-yarder in that Crappy weather, and now all of a sudden you're, you're sitting there and you're you're desperate. But I think some things worked. I think this offense has found its swagger back. Josh Allen was unbelievable, and this team, we always say it, will go as far as Josh Allen will take them.
3: Dan, uh, the the Von Miller story wasn't the only bit of news from practice today. We saw the return of Dawson Knox, and the 21 day uh, practice window is now open. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to say he's probably not playing this weekend, but I'm curious as to whether or not uh, they were asked about that and what that might mean. I mean, we know how much they started in 12 personnel at the start of the season. Joe Brady, yeah. different uh, different play caller now. I mean, what do you think the plan is here with Dawson Knox once he does return to the starting lineup?
5: I know that they're going to want to use him somehow. I think Sean was one of the more proponents saying, like, the offense is trending in the right direction. Signs are are going in the right way. Um, and even when Dawson was out and the offense started to have some better games, Sean was always quick to be like, and Dawson will be back, and like, Dawson. And and like, he'd he'd always bring him up. I would like his role to be limited right now. I'm one of those guys, if if it's not broke, don't fix it. Um, What's working right now is is Dalton Kincaid and running 11 personnel. I I don't know how much I love 12 personnel. I know they call it 11 and a half, whatever it is. Hmm. Um, I would like things to kind of keep... Status quo. Um, They didn't really, if you, I I know, shocker here. uh, Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean weren't asked about Dawson Knox today with everything else going on. Uh, I know Dawson spoke to the media but I did not hear what he had to say, but I know he. Uh, somebody said he was excited to get back on the field.
2: Yeah, Dan, um, your early returns here, uh, and again, it's only been two games. We actually took a call last week, and Danger was laughing at it, like talking about, well, McDermott's like, oh, you got to make Joe Brady the head coach. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's been two games here. But yeah. it's been encouraging, like – what yep. have been the biggest changes in your opinion in this offense? Is this something that the league will catch up to here? What are your early uh, thoughts here uh, on the new Bills offensive coordinator?
5: Energy. Energy, energy, energy. Joe Brady just seems like a good vibes guy. Like, like that is what this team needed. For so long, even when they were winning and this up and down season, they didn't seem like they were having fun. This offense, we always said it didn't feel the same. And, and Josh would say, I'm having a lot of fun playing the game. It may not look like it, but I'm I'm having a lot of fun. And you're like, oh, okay. And then I'm there pregame against Philly and Joe Brady's high-fiving everybody. He's slapping hands with defensive players, everything. He's, he's given them the boost and he's exactly where we said there's something wrong with Josh, right? For whatever reason, we couldn't figure it out. Joe Brady has been that perfect guy to get Josh Allen back to thinking he's the baddest quarterback on the planet. He has said that he said that over and over again in his first press conference in his zoom. He's like, I'm so lucky to get to coach Josh Allen. He's the best quarterback. Give me Josh Allen all day. And it was like, I'm just going to pump you up. I'm going to be your number one hype man. And that was exactly what Josh needed. And it's paid off because you have seen Josh play like Josh Allen. He's run the ball more. Obviously it's part of, look, there's no room for mistakes. We got to empty the tank. But I like the fact that they've gotten back to simple things that work and I think he simplified a lot of the offense, and I, I, again, I just go back to he brought energy. I don't know if he's really revamping anything. It's tough to do when he had a short week and let alone off a bye, but I think he's just brought energy to that offense that desperately needed it.
3: The uh, the postseason feels like a pipe dream with where the Bills are seated right now and yeah. and what's ahead of them and and what needs to happen. Um, I think th- there are varying opinions on what needs to happen here down the stretch for the Bills to even have a chance. What's your take on that, Dan? Is it winning four of the last five? Is it winning out? The only chance that they have is if they win out and hope that Miami stumbles a bit here. Uh, what's your take on the stretch run here before they get to the postseason?
5: I think they need to go 4-1. I think they can go 4-1. And I think in a perfect world, if they lose a game to Dallas as an end... I said it. Right after the Philly game, I said, this team's going to Kansas City and winning. Coming off a bye, this Von Miller thing kind of threw a wrench. I'm still hoping that this locker room can handle it. Um, But I think they go into Kansas City and win. I think Dallas is a completely different team on the road than they are at home. I like their chances there. The Chargers stink. The Patriots are a mess. And then you're getting Miami. And the kicker with Miami is, will that game mean anything to the Dolphins? Will they need to play for the bye? Will that already be locked up? So Any of those things. I don't think it's super unlikely. I know it's 21%, but the way this team has played the last two weeks, this is the best they have looked all season long. I know they lost in Philly, but a lot of things, so many things had to all go wrong in Philly, and they still almost won. So that's my takeaway. I think they can go 4-1, 5-0. and Deion Dawkins said today they know they feel like they have to win out. Um, but it starts in Kansas City. I think the season's on the line. If you lose in Kansas City, it's done. But you look at some of these other teams, some of them will cannibalize themselves. Some of them have no quarterback or Joe Flacco at quarterback that I don't believe in or Mitch Trubisky. I still think the Bills have a puncher's chance to make some ha- to make some things happen and make the postseason.
2: Dan, I uh, just want to ask you real quick, where's Shohei Ohtani going to be playing ball in 2024?
5: Wouldn't it be amazing if it's the Braves? I would be insufferable.
2: Wait, you would be.
5: (laughs) You walked right into
2: that one, yeah. Listen, I would rather... Here's a take. I'd rather have him play for the Braves and go back to the Angels. That's the last thing I want.
5: 100%. I would love him to play in Chicago. I think that'd be cool. Um, Get him out of the Anaheim Angels organization or the L.A., whatever organization they are. Um, I guess the Dodgers make sense. Um, I will say, he wants to play in the postseason. That's got to be the number one thing. Um, I, I don't. Toronto doesn't make a ton of sense to me. I know they've become, like, the betting favorite. Um, but we'll have to see. I guess if I had a to pick right now, uh, I, I guess I would say the Dodgers, just because it would make sense. He's got some familiarity in L.A. Um, but we'll see.
3: Dan, uh, you, Jenna, Mike, doing a great job covering the team at BuffaloPlus.com, 13WAM Sports. What are you guys working on this week here uh, in advance of kickoff on Sunday afternoon that we can check out?
5: Yeah, appreciate it as always. We have a new podcast studio. If you haven't seen it, it's really impressive. Brian Suerta, our promotions and creative services guy, put in a phenomenal studio. The product never looks better. Last week we did a Hot Ones challenge for the bye week. If you haven't seen that, Mike almost doesn't make it. I almost don't make it. Um, it, it, it's worth it. It's 10 hot wings we did with like 10 burning questions that you pe- uh, that our viewers have asked. Um, we also, Mike, did a update about the playoff picture. Jenna and I pretty much recapped what Brandon Bean had to say. And then we also talked to Haley Lewis, who is a sports reporter out in Kansas City. All of that is already up on the channel right now.
2: Well, Dan, uh, appreciate it. Are, are you or Jenna? Who's going out to uh, with, with Mike to Kansas City there?
5: It'll be Jenna and Mike out in Kansas City. I've done that the last... Two years, I've had enough barbecue. It's time for Jenna to to head back out there. And by the
2: way, Dan,
3: just to explain to fans, because I I feel like there's a lot of fans that are wondering, like, why is it that the Buffalo Bills only play the Chiefs in Kansas City? Doesn't it feel like they only play them in Kansas City? There's an explanation for that, correct?
2: Yeah,
5: it's that the Bills aren't allowed to host the Kansas City Chiefs, right?
2: (laughs) (laughs) No! No! No, it's a crazy rotation here. And then next year, it, it, it would have been Buffalo, Kansas City, had both teams actually won the division in Buffalo. But it's not going to be happening. And Buffalo's
3: not going to no, win the division. No. So, and if the Chiefs, I think
5: you guys are making
3: that up. Well, we, we do a lot of that here in the sports bar, Dan. So. <laughs> we appreciate Thanks. you, man, and uh, safe travels. And uh, we'll talk again soon.
5: Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Dan Thanks, Fates,
3: Dan. 13 Wham Sports, buffaloplus.com. Covering the Buffalo Bills, break that down. What, what it is the rotation, right? Like, but the rotation is weird, and because they played during the pandemic year
2: in Buffalo in didn't 2020, that- yes, that was in Buffalo. So think of it this way: because there are four divisions, right, in the AFC, you're going to play the one division once every three years. Ergo, you're going to play that division at home once every 6. Right. So the next time the Buffalo Bills will be hosting Kansas City in that scenario, it would be the year 2026. Now, <laughs> which is crazy to think about. But but so so this year's matchup in 2023 Divisional winners. Is no? This is the normal three. Oh, this clip. is rotational. You're right. This right, is right. the clip where they're playing everybody from the division. So the the Bills go out to the Got Chargers, it. the Raiders and Broncos came here. That's why the Bills are going out here. And the next time in that rotation, it'll be the year 2029. Now every year you're matched up with the when you're not the ones mm-hmm. or wherever you finish up the yep. twos, the threes, whatever. And in that instance. Buffalo has been on the wrong side of that rotation in 2021 and 2022, and now you have 2023. Ta-da. But next year would have been the year where in that rotation, the AFC East will host the AFC West. But the Buffalo Bills right now, if they're the two in the division, who would that be? That would be what? The Broncos again? They'd probably have to to go to Denver. Yeah, No, Denver they, would come here. They would come here. Kansas City, if Buffalo wins the division, unlikely, they would come here next year. Did I do a good enough job, everyone? It's
3: it's Man, I got to do some mental gymnastics. I get the rotational between the divisions. So if you break that down, in 2020, the Chiefs played in Buffalo, the pandemic year, 2023 being the rotation. Now it's the Bills' turn to go to Kansas City. 2026 will be the next time the Chiefs come to play the Bills. Mm-hmm. So that all makes sense. It's the first place schedule thing that that yeah, is the first place throwing the one, one play one, two play
2: two, right?
3: Right. So that's you're saying next year, if the, let's say the, hypothetically the Bills. Uh, Let's say that the Bills finish in second place and the Broncos finish in second place, regardless of the Broncos coming here. Why would the Bills host the Broncos next year, regardless of where? Because
2: that's that's the rotation. It's the AFC East hosting the AFC oh, it's West who's in, just, in just the seedings next gotcha. year. So that's why Denver would be like, oh, we're going to Buffalo again. Yay. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, because we've kind of almost completely dismiss the notion that the Bills could win the AFC East, right? Like, that's an impossibility. I mean, you would need Miami to really fall on their face.
2: You need Miami, basically, to lose either to Tennessee or the Jets in the next two weeks. Sure, Buffalo can make up the two game. I, I don't see it. Your, your best path, I guess, is the wild card at this point. And maybe – Maybe Miami – this is another scenario, too, we haven't talked about. Maybe Miami will be locked in as a four or something like that or a three. And they don't need the,
3: to worry about that Week
2: 17 in Buffalo, like, okay, we're playing all the backups. Come on in, Buffalo. Mm-hmm. The other thing from the Fates thing, Danger, I just want to point out, the idea that this sharp money is going on Buffalo. Vegas knows more than you and I. That looks so super fishy. The fact that you can get Patrick Mahomes – Only giving up a point and a half at home? Why wouldn't you make that bet? Because it's not the right bet. Are you leaning bills? You're leaning bills for this week. I weekend. already said I already said with PJ Kansas City because we laid out everything early in the week. That's why I hate making picks early yeah. in the week where you got to kind of, you know, when you go on this journey of discovery and now you're you're talking more people, you're taking more takes in and you're yeah, like Yeah, you're convincing wow. yourself, you're convincing yeah, I'm yourself. to convince visit well watch that line go in the other direction then perhaps. Maybe,
3: maybe. Uh, it is kind of fishy. I'm not there yet. I'm not there to the point where I could be like, oh, yeah, the the, the sharps in Vegas know that, that's, that, that you got to take the bills. I don't know yet. I, I, I've kind of lost a little bit of faith just based on how it's gone here the last that's five weeks. Certainly fair. All right. Happy hour is next, and we'll recap everything that went down in Orchard Park today. Brandon Bean speaking to the media. Sean McDermott speaking to the media. We have. Uh, a little bit more on the Von Miller situation. I mean, by a little bit more, I mean they basically said everything we thought they would say about the Von Miller situation and the return of Dawson Knox to the practice field as well. We'll get into all of that and more next during happy hour, as well as your calls, by the way, you can join us on the Good Smoke Barbecue and Pub Wingman line. That's 866-4F-A-N award-winning barbecue from Good Smoke Barbecue and Pub, 866 4326. If you want to join us in the sports bar, Dane and Bataglia on the fan. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. It's Mike Danger again for FanDuel Sportsbook, official partner of 95.7 The Fan. Right now, if you're a new customer, you can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. You've got a wide range of betting options, everything from spreads to players props over unders and more. So visit Fanduel.com slash Mike. Fanduel.com slash Mike. M-I-K-E. And join me this NFL season on Fanduel, an official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and physically present in New York. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. For help with a gambling problem, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY
0: You're listening to the Sports Bar with Danger in Battaglia
1: on 95.7 FM and AM 950, The Fan Rochester. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe.
0: Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.